Star Wars 7x7, episode 676. Today we're continuing our series of looks at the -the behind-the-scenes features from The Force Awakens home video release. And on tap today we have the industrial light and magic feature, the visual magic of The Force. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in The Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast. With your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I think of all of the features so far, this one is probably the most magical. I think it is quite accurately named. And I don't think we even realize that maybe we just take it for granted just all the incredible digital effects that we see on screens. And, of course, there's a push for more and crazier and over-the-top and all of this stuff with digital visual effects. And yet, it's never about that, ultimately. It seems like people seem to get the wrong message about things. Like, for example, I know there was a lot of talk when the Deadpool movie came out that... (laughs) that perhaps movie studios would take the wrong idea from it and say, hey, let's get our own R-rated comic book feature in the works. And thus focusing on the wrong things, thinking that it's the things that made the movie R-rated that are the things that are making it successful, when of course it's not. It's the story, it's the characters, it's all the things that make us want to watch a movie again and again. I mean, I haven't wanted to watch a movie again and again just because people get you know blown up in certain gory ways or because people start swearing you know over and over again and like oh yeah i've got to hear all those swears again right i mean how many of us ever rewatch movies just because of that i think it's pretty few and it's the same way with visual effects i mean we've passed the point where we care in a way about visual effects we care more about story we care more about realism and that doesn't mean make it more realistic to see thousands of millions upon millions of robots show up in a place and make that look realistic no make the story realistic because it wouldn't be realistic to have thousands upon thousands upon millions of robots instead it would be realistic to have maybe thousands and not you know tens of hundreds of millions of or anything like that so realism in the effects. And this is the sort of thing that you hear being talked about in the ILM little featurette that's really awesome about it. And in support of that point, here's what Roger Guyette says. He's the VFX supervisor, the visual effects supervisor, and second unit director for The Force Awakens. It's like an army collaborating to try and create this idea that everything happened. If you can somehow create that illusion, then in my mind, we've succeeded. And that same point is reinforced by art director Kevin Jenkins in this quote. The worlds are kind of colliding in the filmmaking process. We wanted to use the VFX purely to fill in the storytelling gaps. And so restraint was the huge word that we used a lot in the design process. Always about the story. Always about the story. And that is probably the most refreshing thing of all. See, I wonder, I wonder if the... You know, if the behind-the-scenes stuff from The Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, I wonder if any of those conversations were being had or if if I actually went back and watched some of the interviews with those folks, were they saying the same kinds of things? Visual effects in service of story. And 
My fear is no. My fear is the answer is no. And I think that's been one of the chief complaints about the prequel trilogy over the years is that it was more about the technology than it was about the story. And sure, maybe the beats of the story were there, but maybe the execution of the story was a little sketchy in places, shall we say. But as for this particular situation, there's a wealth of fun crammed in to the seven-minute video here, including seeing Andy Serkis and Lupita Nyong'o on set and, yeah, actually interacting with the other characters. And that is very cool, (laughs) including the set where Andy Serkis was recording his stuff and they literally had him just 25, 30, 40 feet up in the air, like so high up in the air recording his scene or filming his scene with little tiny Domino Gleason and little tiny Adam Driver there. And I'm going to do a screenshot for you from this featurette because I always thought the scenes with Snoke were a little dark and it was difficult to see Snoke's body. And there has been a couple of, of what, previous pre-visualization things that have made it onto the web, and I'm sure it's available in the Art of the Force Awakens too, but there's a shot that is nearly almost complete of Supreme Leader Snow, where you can see a little bit more of what he's wearing, and it's pretty much just a plain, simple, straightforward robe, but I thought it was rather remarkable to see, so I will screenshot that and have it in a blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. But again, I think the marvel of this one is just how much we take for granted that they are able to create this stuff and as they as they say in the in the little short to make it look like it actually happened and to see them wipe through the layers from you know the animation to nothing being there to a pre-visualization to like adding on all of the different visual effects and seeing the thing come to life I mean there's just nothing more amazing than what they're able to do with <laughs> with computers these days it's absolutely beautiful hey rebel rouser you know how i just got done talking about the beauty of the stuff that the visual effects folks in the force awakens do well there's another beautiful thing that i gotta mention here as well and that is the 3d holograms that zebra imaging has made teaming up with lucasfilm to create the world's first and only star wars 3d hologram collectibles Check them out at sw7x7.com slash hologram to see Kylo Ren, the Death Star Trench Run, R2-D2 projecting Princess Leia, and let's not forget Han Solo and Carbonite. That's the one that my mom wouldn't be able to stand. Oh, that scene made her so sad. (laughs) Anyway, one more time, it's sw7x7.com slash hologram to see them for yourself. Hey, looky here, I found a trivia question for you. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Last time we asked you for the first line from The Phantom Menace, and I just stopped at (laughs) the one character saying the one line, the one word, in fact, which is Captain, spoken by Qui-Gon Jinn. Today's question, what's the last line of dialogue spoken in The Phantom Menace? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get captured on Geonosis, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a separatist trick, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.